start the recording and then you'll be, I'm going to say something. All right. Good evening. Today is Tuesday, October 25th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's step is step three, and our speaker tonight is Larissa. Thank you, Larissa. Hello. Hi, everyone. My name is Larissa, and I'm a compulsive overeater and bulimic, and I live in uh, Montreal, Canada. Um, oh, I don't know if she's here, but I want to thank Lisa for allowing me to share tonight on step three and, uh, and how it works. Um, I think it's ironic that it's this step I should be sharing on because it is really the step that kept me away from this program for so long. Um, I came in and out of the program over the years, uh, mostly out. Uh, the longest I think I lasted was maybe one year. I would stay long enough to stop purging, like that was my always my goal, um, to stop purging and then gain some kind of control of my life. And then I'd leave again. And yes, I was always gaining the control of my life. It was me doing it. Uh, if I recovered, you know, it was because somehow I'd willed it. And then of course the fellowship had helped me. And uh, if I did speak of God, in the meetings, uh, it was mostly a lip service to the program, and I was completely brain dead to the prayers. I would say the serenity prayer, and even sometimes I would really want to believe it, and I still could not let go of control. Um, it's in my personality. <laughs> I think it's in a lot of addicts' personality, I guess. Um, then... I returned to OA, I think I was at 32. Um, I was binging and purging maybe six, seven times a day. And I had a big job. Somehow I was combining the two. And I also had a surplus of 40 pounds. And uh, I discovered how. And I lost 40 pounds over two years. I thought I had arrived. And um, and then again, you know, I, I had established a relationship with this higher power. And again, it was an ephemeral one. Next thing you know, um, I had the food neutrality, I had a food plan, and I was, but I was still running on 100% Larissa. And I left, I left the program. And I would come in every now and then, but I was mostly gone. And I certainly wasn't uh, praying every day. I wasn't meditating. I was simply following the food plan. And looking back now, I realized it was really a way for me was like dieting with uh, group support. Like I, when I heard that expression this time, when I came back, I thought, what a great description. Um, because I had no idea. Of, like, I think the only thing I knew in the big book, and this is funny, I could say verbatim or read it wrote, um, rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path, you know, that whole section. Because in Montreal, they would always read it at the beginning of every single meeting. So I knew that. And, um, you know, these words, they're, they're always in the back of your mind, I think. Um, there are these expressions that I learned in a way, even those years back, that stayed with me. And um, anyway, long story short, I had a whole life, a marriage, kind of a dysfunctional marriage. I had two gorgeous children. Um, 
I started my, I was like a high functioning bulimic, basically managing to just binge and purge maybe once a week or twice a week to get the edge off. Um, and I did that, but, you know, I was, I was living in complete self-will. I have a, my own business with 24 employees. So you can see how that might be. I always have to laugh when I hear that story in the big book of uh, the fellow who's, he wants to build his business so he doesn't have a drink for 35 years and then he's dead within four years once he retires. And I always think, I wonder, he must've been hell to work for. You know, they say he had a happy business. I'm sure it wasn't that happy because <laughs> I don't think... I always, I, when I think of myself in work, I think of myself like prior to about a year ago when I came into program as a benevolent dic dictator, you know, that, you know, I was really fair and so on, but I still was a dictator. And, um, and I had lots of sleepless nights when I couldn't control things or I wasn't sure of outcomes. And, and those were the days when I would secretly turn to food. So what brought me back into the rooms? Um, I came into the Zoom rooms. That was my first experience last year around this time. And um, it's funny because, you know, I'm smiling. I'm happy. I cannot imagine that <laughs> last year. When I came in, I was desperate as only the dying can be. I had started binging and purging with an intensity that I had in my younger years in a 54 year old body. And um, basically all the enamel on my teeth was gone. Like these, okay, are um, uh, lots of surgery, tremendous amount of surgery that went on for several months, painful surgery. And I had destroyed from the purging all, all of that enamel and, you know, like, this is the craziness of the disease. I knew I had these exposed roots. I was in pain. And yet, like the jaywalker, I went out into traffic. You know, I kept eating <laughs> and I kept purging. And um, I went to this, I met this wonderful, warm dentist and, and his uh, assistant. And I left there. I was shaking because I was so terrified, right? Like this was an admission to the outside world of my disease because bulimia is really a disease of amazing secrecy you know you can be overweight everybody knows you've got some kind of eating issue right but bulimia anyway i mean i've even told friends uh, over this past year and they were surprised i can't believe that they didn't know um in any case I came home from that appointment and I found out what the prognosis was and I was terrified. And I was also terrified because I couldn't control it. Like I, I still wanted to binge and purge. And um, it happened to be a Tuesday night. And that was the night of my home meeting in Montreal. So I went online and I saw they have some Zoom thing going on. So I got into the Zoom and there was the speaker. So I could just quietly stay on the sidelines. <laughs> there was a speaker and I heard so much hope, you know, that's why we do this, right? So much hope. And she was about my age and she was just brimming with life. And I, I wanted what she had. So um, when I came in at 54, I, I had that gift of desperation. 
you know, and I had, I was truly docile. I was truly teachable. Um, you know, they talk about honesty, openness, and willingness. I had it. And when I read how it works again, um, that opening paragraph, you know, rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Those who cannot recover are people who just won't give themselves to this sim simple program, people who are incapable. And, you know, they talk in terms of honesty, thoroughness. Um, I had never really, I had heard this in meetings, but again, I was brain dead to the message. And I read it anew and it had so much meaning to me. Um, all those years that, that I came in and lost the weight or stopped purging and then went out again. And I never really gave myself to this program 100%. And again, a lot of it was that I had such trouble with the God component because I didn't grow up with religion. Um, I would say I was intolerant uh, toward religious people even. And, uh, but I knew when I came in, I got a sponsor and I knew, okay, I've got to get this God thing down. <laughs> So I went into a period, you know, along with working the steps, I was sent these guided meditations. I followed them. I needed it. I needed it to relieve the uh, the urge to, to eat, which always led to purging. And I also needed it because I was going through this tremendous surgery. I just needed God in my life. And I didn't know what that God was, but I was, I was praying. And so I did go into this period of like research and development and I started calling people on those group chat lines. And it's so funny because I was in one meeting once and I heard this lady share saying, well, I had this person call me and she really is a non-believer. And what am I supposed to do with that? And then I looked at the name. I was like, oh my gosh, she's talking about me. <laughs> you know? um, but all that to say, all of those calls really, they really helped me because I, I, I saw that everybody came to this thing in a different way. And some people were religious, but didn't really pray. So they might've talked about God, but they didn't really pray. And that was a little bit like I had been in program earlier, right? I would say the prayers, I would talk the talk, but I didn't really believe any of it. And, um, and this time ten, I knew- 10 I, minutes. Okay, great, thanks. This time I knew I had to find something. So I thought about when I was a kid, um, and I lived in lots of different homes because there was um, mental health issues in my family. And um, when I was a kid, I would pray. I don't know who I was praying to. I would just pray and I would pray for my mother uh, who had some serious mental health issues. And I would pray for my father who was a sailor off somewhere. I would pray for my grandmother who had dementia. I would pray for these people. And I felt... I felt relief and I would ask for things myself. Um, it gave me relief. And then at some point there was just too much, too much calamity. There was, you know, going through those teenage years, there was all of that. And then my disease just worsened. Food was always part of the, the equation too, even when I was praying as a kid, but it, things just, progressively got worse and worse. And then I discovered bulimia and things got really dark. Um, so I thought about that time. I also thought about over the years, 
okay, you know, I had this business. How did I have this business with this crazy bulimia going on? And a lot of times I would pause when I had to make a big decision. I would pause and there's an expression in French. It's la nuit porte conseil, which means um, it's like the night talks to you. I mean, we would say sleep on it, but it's not as rich. So yeah, so the night talks to you. You have these ideas, they're trickling down, they're just being distilled or percolating, whatever, and you sleep on it. And in the morning, you have a new sense, you know, of maybe an answer to your conundrum. And I did that. And every time I did that in my, because I have eight different businesses, every time I did that in my business, it was successful. I had two businesses I started. I didn't, it was total willfulness. And I did them because I wanted to be in a place. Okay. In this particular place, it was totally self-seeking what I did. Both of them failed. So I had to look at that and I thought, man, that worked. So why is it that I can't apply this in my personal life? You know, me for the little things in my marriage with my kids. And, um, and that's what I just started to do in the program. Basically, I just started to uh, think about how God could be working for me. And, um, but it's really been gradual because you know, I, I had gone through the 12 steps. I was living kind of some upheaval in my marriage. And um, and I called someone and I'd only spoken to her twice on uh, chat lines. And she said to me, it was funny, she, um, bloody hell, Larissa. <laughs> I can't do an Irish accent, but it was so funny because she said, just go back and read pages 60 to 63, <laughs> you know? And I thought, oh my gosh, okay, that's what my sponsor is always telling me. If you're not the problem, there is no solution. So that's what I did. I went back and I read them and I, um, I listened, I have a recording to this too, in the first person present tense. And I started listening to it every day. And, um, and that's what step three is all about, right? It's totally letting go of self. Um, being convinced we were at step three, which is that we decided to turn our will, i.e. our thoughts, and our life actions over to God as we understood him. Just what do we mean by that? And what do we do? The first requirement is that we be convinced that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. On that basis, I am all, almost always in collision with something or somebody, even though my motives may be good. So, you know, I thought a lot about that because, yeah, it's, it was a whole lot of me was the problem and has always been the problem. And um, someone described something to me as, you know, God is reality, God is love. And that, you know, here is reality, here is me. And every time I'm, I'm in collision with God or reality, it looks like this. So I had that image in my mind as I was going about my life. Um, and because, of course, you know, I'm, I've been abstinent six months and and life is going well, I still have problems. There's still things that come up. I told you I have the, I have uh, teenage kids. Thankfully from the program, they're doing really well. They love me, they love to hang out with me. We go to plays, we go to movies, we do so much together. I feel completely blessed. 
um, my marriage is more difficult, you know, and it's a really painful time in my life. And there's a lot of praying that I do right now. And I have to keep reminding myself that, you know, this, I have to trust my inner self. I have to write about it. Cause sometimes I, I often, when I'm praying, because what I do is I have this little book and I, uh, because I didn't have a ritual practice, what I do is I, any problem I have, I write as sort of a conundrum or a question to God. And then I sit with it and then I listen for the answers. Normally I get things a little bit like my business, you know, how I did it with my business. And um, normally I get answers. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes it just allows me to, to release it. But invariably, it allows me to let go of me and to stop trying to control everything. And I have to say that since I, um, I've stopped that, um, it's been remarkable. You know, I, I thought that by letting go that, you know, I wouldn't be an effective business leader anymore, that um, various things wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't have the d dynamism in my life that Life, life has been far better than I could have imagined, you know, without me in there. And, well, I say you've um, got about three minutes. Thank you. And today um, I'm using, I'm using these pages all the time, all the time, especially right now, um, because I need to be reminded of where I'm selfish, where I'm self-centered. I need to be reminded that I'm no longer um, in the driver's seat and that I need spiritual intervention. And it's not just about the food. Um, it's not just about the major events in life. It's about everything in my life. I chat to God all day long. Um, and um, and I, with that, I'll, I think I'll pass. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. That was wonderful. Um, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing in questions should relate specifically to the chapter and the step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or push star nine if you're on the phone and the Zoom host will call on the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when the time is up. If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Okay, so uh, it looks like we have Gianna C who would like to share. Go ahead, Gianna. Hi, everyone. I'm Gianna, compulsive overeater and bulimic. I'm super happy to be here today. Um, thank you so much for your qualification. Um, meetings, um, I always forget how important meetings are, and I always make excuses in my head saying, oh, I don't need to go. I'm busy, yada, yada, yada. Um, but then you hear share and it feels like your own very story. And it's just so 
amazing to remember that I am not alone in my experience and suffering with um, this disease that we have. Um, and I remember that, you know, I need fellows and to be at these meetings. Um, thank you so much for your in-depth description of what it was like. Um, I remember myself, I remember when I was purging, like I couldn't breathe. My eyes were bloodshot red. Um, my voice, like after I did it, like I couldn't speak for days because my voice was so scratched. Um, I know without this program, I would have killed, like I wouldn't have killed myself, but this disease would have killed me because I had that crazy uncontrollable need to binge and purge for me. There was no such thing as a binge without a purge. It was interconnected that which it just happened. Um, and you sharing your story um, just has me remember. I mean, it's only been two years, but it seems like a lifetime ago that that was my life. And I'm just so grateful because I prob I don't even know what where I would be right now without this program. I probably would not even be able to speak right now because I was mutilating and destroying myself and all I wanted to do was stop. I mean, I, every night, all I want to do is stop. I, and the, I prayed every day, please. Like, I don't want to do this again. And I always did. Um, and only with the power of my higher power and giving it all away in this program, have I been able to save myself from myself. Um, so thank you so much for sharing. Um, and thank you everybody for being here and thank you everybody for your service. Great, thank you so much, Gianna. Now we'll move on to Eileen. Eileen, go ahead. Hi, Eileen. Um, gratefully recover, recovering compulsive overeater. Um, super happy to be here tonight. Um, Larissa, that was beautiful. I'm so happy to hear your share. Um, real quick, I just wanna give a pitch also for, um, thank you everybody for uh, who's in service tonight. Service is such a big deal. Um, I started out with just reading and I was petrified to do that. And then I did a night of like, like a Wednesday night leader. And then now I shared the speaker getter position and it is like totally helped me so much. So please, if you're thinking about service, just start out small and jump in. It has completely helped my program out so much. So anyways, um, Anyways, um, so what I wanted to say was um, the third step is so great, and I'm so grateful to hear um, the experience tonight. I, um, I had somebody read me their third step today for the first time, um, and like I haven't, I did it differently. Um, I guess that's a thing people call and they read you their third step, and um, I have to tell you, it wasn't um, it wasn't the best experience for me. Um, it felt, um, it felt like inorganic, I guess. And, um, my experience with my higher power is, is not like that. Um, and when I did it, it was just like this beautiful, letter to God. And I, I did it with my sponsor and, and it was just like this really beautiful. And we read the third step and, um, it was very like a personal, beautiful experience. And my experience with my higher power is, is, is between me and God. And, and, and 
I share it with my, you know, I talk to my sponsees about it and I talk about an outreach. Um, and it comes, I've learned a lot from the big book and from the 12 steps. And, and I, I use my higher power, my higher power. I, I talk all day long with all those who have the highest and best intentions for me. I bring them in all the time and, and I'm lucky that I get to share about it. But this, she, this kind of reading directly, you know, and I'm, it just felt so impersonal and it was, it was really hard for me. And it was sad because I wanted to say like, do you believe this? <laughs> like, is this, is this your experience? And um, because I think finding our higher power is such a beautiful, beautiful experience. And, um, and I'm so lucky that, that this program has brought me to find my higher power, to find it. And if I hadn't have gotten like to the time, like, oh, thank you so much. I'm just so grateful to be able to be here with, with everybody today and um, to hear the qualification. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Eileen. Now we're going to move on to Sherry. Sherry A. Hi, uh, Sherry A. Uh, recovering day by day um, from this disease and so grateful to be here with you guys. And thank you so much, Larissa. Um, my, I could just feel it in my heart as you were describing your story, um, especially describing kind of, um, and I'll just like paraphrase what I heard from my own, it's just like, yeah, I was here, but I wasn't here for a while because I still thought that like I was going to figure out how to do this and still get to sort of like be in charge of things. And that also did not work for me. And it was desperation and just being so scared because I was doing things I didn't want to do anymore. And I was wrecking my body. Um, and I just felt like an alien in my skin and in life. Um, and that is what, um, yeah, that is what brought me to, um, to actually turn um, my will and my life over to the protection and care of a concept of God who was trustworthy enough to hold my will and my life in their care and protection. Um, and so I just really heard a lot and it just really, so thank you so much. Your share really touched me tonight. Um, and I also just really appreciated you sharing just about like, yeah, like more of me. Uh, does it work so great, actually? <laughs> so, um, you know, taking that third step out of desperation. And like, when I took the third step, it was out of desperation. And it was, please, I don't even know exactly who I am praying to. But I know that like, this is not working. Please take me take everything, take the mistakes, take the shit. And please do something different with it. And I didn't have a, and, and as I've gone through this and continued to take step three every day, like you mentioned, like my higher power has changed and that relationship has grown. But at, the, at that moment, I just needed, I just needed to be like, no more me, this is not working. Um, and so I'm just really grateful for your share. Um, thank you so much for spreading your light. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you much. Thank you so much, Sherry. Now we're going to move on to Betty S. In Florida. 
Hi, I'm Betty S., Recovery Compulsive Reader from Florida. Larissa, thank you so much for your service, for your sharing, for your transparency. This disease is so painful being in it and, and, and so such a relief uh, one day at a time in recovery. And, you know, I in thinking about the third step, I thought, you know what? Everybody's experience is different in working through the steps. And I'm just wondering, what? how did you know when you first went through the steps uh, to recovery, how did you know when you were ready to take the third step and what did you do? P.S. Thanks. Well, full disclosure, I did the, the third step with my sponsor and I felt desperate, but I don't really um, feel like what Eileen was describing. Um, I think it was a little bit rote maybe and not authentic. Um, but you know, they say, right? Progress, not perfection. We are not saints. And um, so I just kept on, I just kept on. And again, the research and development. <laughs> and I, um, I really have been fortunate. I'm in this uh, group study, probably a lot of you are familiar with him, Herb K. And he asked this question he, uh, when you're on step three is, okay, so what do you want your God to be? So that was amazing because then I could write it out. And basically I was describing what I wanted myself to be, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, and what I wanted my mother to be. So it was a combo. And then he asked, and what do you do? What do you do? So you might believe something, but what are you in fact doing? Oh my gosh. That's where I see that. Um, that's where I see relapse could happen. You know, with, with anyone in the program, because I mean, I have to wake up. It's got to be 24 seven in my life. You know, I have a problem. I forget sometimes still, I think, oh gosh, I got to sort this out. And then I realize, oh no, I'm just going to write about it in my little book. Or I'm going to go into the bathroom and write <laughs> by myself in the bathroom, you know, at work. And um, I have something that I can rely on that that's going to help me. So I sort of feel like I took that third step in a really authentic way when I wrote the description, which was only a month and a half ago. But I don't beat myself up about it because, you know, it again, it's as long as we're working it and we have willingness and we're being diligent about it, we're on the right path. That'll pass. That Thank you so much. Thanks so much for that answer. And then the next person who's going to share is me. So I'm going to go ahead and put my two cents out there. Um, thank you so much for that share. I have been really, I'd shared about this last week and I'm going to keep sharing until I find my way out of this, but my connection with my higher power is, is really been suffering lately. And I know it's because I moved and I'm trying to step back and be authentic about it. Um, but before I, I know there's a couple of newcomers and, you know, we're all talking about our higher power. And I, I want to emphasize that for me, um, I couldn't stop eating 
and I wanted to stop eating and I couldn't stop. I would make a resolution every, every day that I was going to stop. And by noon I was, I was eating foods I didn't want to eat. And so I couldn't fix this on my own. I, I was desperate. I couldn't stop. And what I came to realize through the work of the 12 steps is that I can't be in charge of my food. And it turns out I can't be in charge of my whole life because I just mess it all up. So what I need is something greater than me to do that. And people have all kinds of higher powers. Um, mine is not Christian because that's not my background, but and it can be anything, you know, that works for you. And I went through the Herb K workshop and I have a very nice higher power who I'm just not talking to and listening to. So um, I, um, my sponsor is having me do a two-way prayer meeting in the afternoon mornings, which is really helping. But, um, the first time I listened for my higher powers response, all I just wrote was like 17 times. This is stupid. Like, how are you supposed to hear your higher power saying things? It's really just my subconscious speaking, you know, I just get, so but I'm getting better at it. And it's funny because I, the meeting is at 11 o'clock um, Houston time. And um, I had a, a work meeting today, so I missed it. And boy, can I tell, boy, can I tell. Um, the other thing I'm, I'm struggling with, with being, uh, my empathy is all off. Um, my housekeeper canceled because she has a biopsy today. And I was like, this is just unacceptable. And I'm like, Kristen, your empathy is just what's happening. And I think it's just all be it in me, 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 me. And I got to get out of that. And, um, so I think, I think it's important to keep in mind that part of recovery, recovery is part of recovery can be this moving and changing of the relationship and figuring it out and, you know, working through it, but I still have faith that it's going to, that it's there, that I can move back into the higher power and I can move back into empathy and to love in a way that I'm just, it's just missing right now, partially because I've had the experience before. Thank you. I hear that. And partially because I don't have a choice. I have to believe it. So thanks for letting me share. And then next we're going to go over to Robbie. Okay. Um, yeah, th this is Roby from Vermont, um, uh, recovering, uh, from bulimia and overeating. Um, and man, Laura said that was really good. And your answer to the question was like, that, that was a really great addition to your share. Um, because as, as, as I, I was kind of, you know, when I heard step three, I thought, oh yeah, step three, that, what's there to say about step three? Mine was kind of a quick one. And all I knew this time around was that I was out of ideas. That, that was it. My step three was basically, I am out of ideas and I'm going to do what the book tells me to do. And, um, and now that I'm in step 10 and 11, where I'm praying. And so I love that part of your story, the emphasis on prayer really changing you because this is the first time that I'm actually, I've gone through this before and wondered why didn't it work? But this is the first time I'm doing the prayers and even remembering the, trying to remember them the way the book does. And I keep having to get the book out. And I think I've been in this for years and never memorized these simple words. Um, and as I do that, 
my step three is becoming something different. It's you know every time I decide to pray instead of following the emotional disturbance, instead of following the the storyline, and you know I that's that's now my step three. So I think when I when, you know as I continue and I take others through it, I will probably want for step three like oh but you're missing you know there's so much to step three, but in my case what I needed was to know that you know my step one had to be solid. My step two had to be solid that there is a God and it's not me was basically it. And step three had to be, I'm going to do for me was my ideas. I've really tried everything. I'm out of them. And um, now I'm going to do it. This I'm going to focus on this book. And this has been incredibly rewarding. And, and uh, again, I just, it's, it's so cool. And this is all happening these last few days for me. And so to have this share tonight um, was is just perfect timing, I guess, the way these things work. But again, can't thank you enough for emphasizing how prayer has changed you. And, and you know, I, I, I kept thinking that like, because in every meeting I go to, I, I'm always impressed by the fluency and eloquence of the, the shares. And I kept wanting to become like that in some way that was looking for it to happen to me from some inspiration outside of the book. Like I'm going to become special too. I'm going to become someone who can add to what's going on here, but forget about the book that's been done already. I got to do it. I got to do it better. Or you're just that, that has been taken away. And it's, it's, um, it works a lot better this way. So um, again, I, I, you, you were really great to listen to. And yet what you're saying is it was the book and the prayers and that's a really cool message that is accessible to every single one of us. Thanks again. Thanks, Roby. I apologize for mispronouncing your name earlier. Um, this oh, is no. going to end the recording. If we could stop the recording. <laughs>